the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Thank you, Jesus. Indeed, it's hour three. We have made it. Wait, what? Three? <laughs> hour three? We have made it to hour three of tonight's marathon broadcast of the Andrea K. Show. I think we should go fishing, <laughs> personally. <laughs> Whoo, child. I am glad to be in hour three. Actually, it's actually kind of flying by. We're having a great time. We had a great discussion last half hour with a former DHS special agent. I don't know how many agencies he... If there was Eric an agent was, for something, he did it. He did. That's right. He did it. And he's still roaming around the world involved in uh, transnational crimes, if you will. But he was here to talk about the crimes that have been going on with our FBI and the DOJ. Now, Tom DeBacaro, friend Tom DeBacaro is here to talk about Gavin Newsom has identified a crime that took place today with DeSantis and Abbott. Sending illegal aliens to the rest of the country. Tom DeVacaro, as you know, is a brilliant political commentator. He is a, a writer, author, historian, uh, as well as actually pra- a practicing attorney. and Actor. A, actor. A, a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actor. We got to follow up on that movie. He is such a renaissance man. Dude has done it and does it all and still has time to come on the Andrea K. Show. Hello, my dear. How are you? Do I have to give my height and weight, too, to get on this show? Is that the new rule, or how does that work? <laughs> no, we just want the height and weight of the fish, Tom. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're, we're still waiting on that evidence that you ever worked wow. on a fishing. <laughs> a paycheck. The actual, I gave you the actual taste of it. It didn't work for you. No, Photoshop, baby. Photoshop. Okay. So, um, Gavin Newsom. This has got to be you sent me you sent me a text message about Gavin Newsom and his response and his idea for what should happen to GOP governors who are shipping uh, illegal immigrants out of state. I mean, I'm not. Were you punking me with this with what what he said today? Tell everybody what's going on. Exactly. Because that's how incredibly stupid this human being is who wants to be president of the United States. So as we know. The border's closed. Oh, wait a minute. I, I'm not doing fiction tonight. We're doing real stuff. <laughs> Kamala told me the border was closed. And we're setting a record, of course. There's been 2 million so far this year, or like an insane number of encounters. Anyway, so uh, if DeSantis and Abbott hadn't have done any of this stuff, of course, Texas would bear the main brunt of this. California would bear some of it, uh, and Florida. In any case, what has been going on over the last 18 months is these midnight flights 
by the Biden administration of picking these people up from their detention center, busing them from the detention centers to an airport. Mm -hmm. They get on a nice plane at my expense and yours. And then they fly them and they have been flying them to Florida and other states. And so uh, Abbott came up with this first and then DeSantis has been flying them to Chicago where Lori Lightfoot, sorry, and um, declared a sanctuary city. Then, of course, they went to, you know, all they've been sending them to other places. They sent them to Kamala's home uh, in D.C. They sent them to Martha's Vineyard. No truth to the rumor. They immediately called the cops. Did you see the Babylon Bee thing? That was just a Which one? I, I saw that. What I saw today from them was they showed a picture of a woman in, in Martha's Vineyard saying she was calling the cops to report a Hispanic that wasn't using a leaf blower. <laughs> exactly. And, and so Gavin Newsom uh, sees that DeSantis, his main rival, which he has started fighting with quite early, uh, at running ads in Florida, all that, and says, well, maybe the DOJ should look into kidnapping charges because he flew them. Apparently forgetting, because this is an off-the-cuff comment, I, I imagine, mm-hmm. but apparently Gavin forgot that Biden for over a year has been flying them, and that's okay, but mm-hmm. if Ron DeSantis does it twice, it, it's a federal crime. The sad part is, that this DOJ, which is getting more corrupt by the day, uh, is maybe they're listening to, to Gavin. But my speculation is that his extensive hair gel use is sinking in too deep. Otherwise, he would, you know, shut his mouth. Well, I don't think you did. You tell everybody what he's actually suggesting to the DA, DOJ. I'm not sure you mentioned it. I didn't tell anybody. Uh, well, he, 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 he wants them to look into kidnapping charges. <laughs> for putting them on an airplane where they never, you know, the one thing about kidnapping is that, I mean, I don't even know where to begin, but. but It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, granted, I'm getting punch drunk right now after two hours straight on the air. This is just so stupid. But it is, it is Gavin Newsom. Gavin, speaking of the word stupid, stupid in the last 24 hours he said that he he was taking a victory lap much like biden's inflation victory lap he uh, gavin was taking a victory lap about how the state's uh energy system didn't need reserves even though it was within 10 minutes of needing those reserves they were on 10 minute notice which was not published but I have inside information from PG&E. They were on a 10-minute notice of how they were going to have to shut down hundreds of thousands of customers in a rolling fashion last week uh-huh. because, they didn't, because they didn't have the capacity. Gavin's taken a victor, victory lap and called those calling for backup uh, stupid for wanting to double down on stupid policies. Now, if you just grant me a second here, sure. they they want to increase the total percentage of energy year by year to being renewable 
and therefore none of it related to uh, uh, fossil fuels. Now, forget the idiocy that every one of those batteries takes strip mining and it's lithium and you can't get rid of them. Forget the idiocy, idiocy of the fact that those solar panel, the crime of those solar panels come from China and mm-hmm. slavery. Forget the idiocy that a lot of this uh, electricity that we use today, you know, I have a problem with it coming from coal, but they don't, they don't mention that particular thing. But the point is, the greater percentage of renewable removes fossil fuel production because it either it sells somewhere else or shuts down. The problem is if the sun and the wind aren't available, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it, the sun goes down at night and they're not <laughs> able to save this, or if, it, or if the wind doesn't work. When you get into these situations, because these alternative fuels, you know, fossil fuels, aren't available, or they're sent somewhere else or they're shut down, the risk increases. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's no real way to save this because the batteries you use for your phone are not enough to, to do an entire uh, state. Anyway, the fine point of it is he takes the victory lap, just like Biden did on inflation, yeah. and he shouldn't be taking a victory lap because we are in danger. Yeah. God forbid there was a significant volcano and a lot of cover because of that, like you saw in Iceland and, and Europe a couple of years back and several times, because there'd be no backup and the economy would collapse. But he's running for president and those things don't bother him. You know, um, I was thinking and surmising and, and uh, uh, speculating that what was going on with this, you know, this potential train strike i was curious how much the left and the biden administration was going to try to use that um to try to push climate change oh see well, this is the reason why we got to get rid of these trains right we got to we got we got to move to to electric vehicles and then then he comes out today and i don't know how long this clip is if it's too long but the, biden comes out today and says strike averted and starts bragging about this union deal um it, and it and i'm thinking i mean i knew that they were going to use this potential strike somehow to push agenda. I thought initially it was going to be about pushing climate change because we had Kamala come out saying electric vehicles are cheaper to own than regular vehicles, which is just absolutely insane. But Biden coming out today saying they've got a tentative rail deal that what he went into uh, and talking about, he said this agreement is a big, big win for America. And the details like, oh, health care and better working conditions. I mean, it was just, you know, same old liberal union push here and i think that this is this is about just continue to, trying to expand unionization in america what do you think a hundred percent he he and, and of course uh, uh newsom the whole reason for him pushing for that law that that wonderful woman who probably uh, represents too much of if she represents more than a boom closet she represents too much with the, you know, her Uber and independent contractor law, the reason why they mm-hmm. wanted to do that, of course, was to create greater, greater private sector unionization because mm-hmm. that's where they, they fundraise. And so uh, Biden, of course, wants to prove to be the, the union guy. And they're setting themselves 
up on the left uh, for this next election. I mean, the far left. There's no compromise whatsoever, even though they have bare majorities and they're at risk of losing both of them in this upcoming election. Don't believe me, believe Chuck Schumer. Uh, Then, you know, they're still going with that and they're not going to stop. And when they do lose these things and they they do an autopsy of why they lost it, you're going to see Bernie Sanders, who's running for president, and AOC and others say that they weren't liberal enough. Mm-hmm. They didn't go far enough. Yeah, um, this, this, you know, they, they had a taste, man, boy, they really enjoyed being able to shut down entire industries during COVID. Uh, they, we, you know, they're, they're looking to see how they can grab more and more and more control, particularly through unions now that, um, they aren't, aren't able to completely flip the switch. You know, Gavin Newsom bragged during COVID that he had the, the state on a dimmer switch and he could just move it up and down, shutting businesses down, reopening them. And now that, now they don't have the luxury of being able to do that anymore. So now I think that, I think the push is on for unionization. I think Starbucks shut down a couple of their locations where some workers were trying to get unionized and that didn't work out well for, for the left. I don't know where else that, you know, <laughs> California signed into law recently. There's going to be a panel now in panel to decide how much fast food workers are paid. And, and all of their conditions. And by the way, of course, in and of itself, that's socialism and, and idiocy, mm-hmm. because what they're going to do is raise the cost of employees, which will result in losing employees by the law of demand, the basic law of economics. They will put in kiosks. They will just simply leave the state and not or not expand like Carl's Jr. did a decade ago. Um, But then the question becomes, Andrea, if they're willing to do that for fast food, why not all restaurants? Mm -hmm. And what about what happens after restaurants? So California is truly moving to a socialist state with a three hundred billion dollar budget and government directives that all but. They don't own the salt mine, but they tell each of the uh, industries and companies exactly how they have to run, which is, of course, why so many are leaving the state. Well, I mean, what's, you know, I've said before, as people have argued with me, that it's not communism or socialism if they don't own the means of production. Well, they don't have to own it. They don't have to have the pink slip if they're able to control it. They, then they basically yeah, own know, it. I mean, what's the difference? And I have been, look, as someone who writes history books and uh, and knows a, a fair amount about the history of socialism, you, it, I have argued for a different definition of socialism. Because when you saw Sweden, by the way, elected uh, a someone on the right to be the prime minister, socialism, government spending was 70 percent of the economy. And of course, they had massive regulations. They have since pulled that back to under 50%. They don't have minimum wage. They have school choice. And of course, they're doing better. But you're right. If government is the majority of spending in the economy and they regulate businesses so much that businesses are not free to make their own investment decisions. And by the way, if if a state says who should be on your board and and who you have to hire and all of those things, you're getting to that point. Uh, yes, then you are pushing socialism. And oh, by the way, in California, 
what is what if they had their own way, it there would have been an actual state run uh, insurance, actual state run health care, state run mm-hmm. insulin, state run banks, bank. They wanted a state bank and they wanted a, a state pension. So, you know, whatever people, you know, if 30 years ago we would have been sitting down and saying California was going to be manufacturing insulin, you'd think that was insane. But based on their current trajectory, who knows what they're going to be doing in, in 20 years or what the nation's going to be. Most people don't know that federal spending is, is going over 45% of the economy this year. And when it gets, and when, and what does it take for a nation to collapse to get close to 50%? Well, 30, and we got 31 trillion in, in national debt. Where do they think that's going? I don't know. That's never going to get paid back. They're going to inflate their way out of that debt as well. Although, because they have to borrow so much in interest rates rising, because Powell thinks the only way you can cool inflation is to cause a massive recession, which is false, by the way, because if at the same time you cause the, the massive recession, you continue to print excess money and drive up regulation. Right. In fact, you won't be cutting inflation. You'll be causing stagflation and incredible harm to the economy. And that's what we face for the next two years at least. Got to shift gears really quickly. We're talking to Tom DeBacaro. I've already told you all about him. Author of Divided Error, other books, political commentator. He's all over everywhere. Um, he also has Political Vanguard that you need to check out. Uh, so Newsom has signed a bill that would provide court-ordered care for the unhoused with severe mental illness. Now, this is something that Skins and I have debated here because Skins thinks that these care courts um, shouldn't be happening, that people should not have the right to go into a court and get a family member committed. But we clearly got a homeless problem going on in this country, and the majority of them have mental illness. What do you think about these care courts? Well, first I want to say that throughout all of history, there have been the poor and the homeless. And there have been many more programs that have tried to quote government programs that have tried to solve it. And just as many government programs that have failed. Uh, Just to give you a a quick point about this at its height, when it was the richest city in the Western hemisphere, Florence in the late second half of the 1400s, there were 60,000, maybe 50 to 60,000 living there as citizens, but another 50, 40 to 50 that were homeless that were taken care of by, by charity. It is normal in history to have this dynamic. Now, the way California has fought it over the years has been an outright failure because they have believed in housing first and no treatment whatsoever. And all that does is create a government bureaucracy that wants to continue, hasn't actually changed anything except for the destruction of, of the places where those people have been. And, proof is in the pudding. We have many more homeless now than we did just 10 years ago. So how do you deal with this? Well, if these people get no care at all, the ones you are talking about, those suffering from addiction and those suffering mental issues, if they get no care at all, then it's just a continuing problem. Especially since, especially since we're, we've legalized drugs, they're more readily available, which is exacerbated. 100%. 100%, right. Go on. And San Francisco actually delivers it to them. <laughs> so, so literally, they put them in, in motels 
out in the Lombard district, which used to be during COVID, and would deliver them drugs, wow. needles, and food, and then they trashed the places. Wow. So what is the answer to this? Well, the answer isn't to double down on it, build them expensive homes at 700000 a pop. You know, where are we helping our veterans with $700,000 no. homes? So, so I, I, I agree that if the, many of these people don't get treatment, then we are not doing anything of value. So, but can you constitutionally force someone to do that? Well, the government big enough to do things for you is big enough to do things against you. And so it surprises me not at all that he wants to pass a law that says somebody can decide that someone else has an issue and then you are committed, right? Because that's what government does today. I mean, look what, I'm sorry, if, you, if the FBI can track your movements without care to the Fourth Amendment and can haul you off to jail and not put, give you a trial for a year at a time and put you in solitary, does it surprise me that Gavin Newsom thinks that people uh, can be committed? Well, but no, but look, as but I would tell you, you know, as a citizen that doesn't feel safe anymore because it's, you know, yeah. you can't we we almost need a poop map in downtown San Diego now. Thanks to the yeah. trolley, which is probably only being used by uh, the homeless population. Now, I mean, uh, we had the trolley that opened up here by by a UTC mall the day it opened up and a, a homeless person stabbed a security guard here. Now, the UTC area has all these homeless people, ob- obvious, c- completely out of their mind, roaming around here. And I no longer feel safe, safe in this neighborhood. No, and, and, and so what you have to and this is the problem. There used to be laws that said vagrancy was a crime. But when you de, uh, criminalize. decriminalize all of these things, now, you have, now they're turning to uh, finding a friend or a, a family member who will find something that says these people are a problem, and that's the law that they are pursuing. So if someone argues that unless these people get treatment, we're kidding ourselves, they are correct. Does that mean that Newsom's new law, that he can institutionalize people on a family? Look, they take your guns that way in this state. That's a double-edged sword. Now a family member says, "This, this person's not whatever, and they come and get your guns, and then you have to spend your time proving that isn't true to take your guns back. And meanwhile, there was something used to be called this quaint little thing called the Second Amendment that said not shall not be infringed. How were people how were people hospitalized in the past? We used to have mental mental institutions. Yeah, but again, it was illegal to do certain things. Then you were in jail. The issue and you could spend a certain amount of a period of time in jail and you didn't get drunk. We used to have drunk. Yeah, we used to have drunk takes. They would take somebody drunk off the street and have them sober, sober up. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to do something because, you know, we've had this debate, Skins and I have. Do Americans, and I put it out there to listeners before, 888-344-1170, do Americans have the right to be homeless and to live on the streets? There was a time in New York City back many years ago in the 20s and 30s where most most housing didn't have air conditioning and people would, would sleep out in the parks, right, and sleep on park benches because it was cooler than in their small apartments. Um, and, uh, but, my you know, my belief is that government welfare doesn't 
in many instances, does not resolve problems. It increases the problem. It institutionalizes the problem, as Reagan used to say. We, I think that if government is going to pool money, taxpayer money to pay for some of these things, it should not go through a process of government unions and and uh, the hiring of people and the you know inefficiencies. We should allow private sector charities with proven records. But how do we get them off the street? Because yeah, we've got Father Joe's Villages here. He's got all kinds of programs. But, but you, they you got to have vacancy laws. You've got to have vagrancy laws. Yeah. That's what we're... So, in other words, we've got to make it illegal for people to be living out on the street. Because... Well, they call that in San Francisco, they call that public camping. And that, you know, and it's... And and the problem is, is that uh, business owners have a right to not have... To be able to operate their business without people... um, Without people jeopardizing the safety of... For their patrons. And you, you know, it's... And they used to, but but now it is more in fashion. Social justice is more in fashion than results. The Democrats, th- th- this is the social justice state. I mean, how else do you have the lunacy of saying that you have to have an electric car, but don't plug it in? Well, I mean, but we, but this is kind of happening across the country. I mean, I see this in other states now. This is this homeless, growing homeless problem, is is happening across the country now. Even in even in in other states, I don't know so much about Florida, um, but that's now the most expensive state to live in because so many people leaving, you know, leaving here. Well, but if you pay people not to work for a generation or two. This is the problem you have. Keep in mind, prior to the, to the New Deal and FDR and all of that, a third of the money in circulation passed through charities. There was no federal charity. We survived as a nation. People took care of themselves and worked. And if they had a drinking problem, it was solved at a local level. Mm-hmm. You weren't put up in a hotel and provided drugs like they do in San Francisco. We don't have a society today that actual, actually requires people to be res- irresponsible, so they're, so they're not responsible. How did we survive without it before 1930? The <laughs> well, answer was people had to take care of themselves. Well, and they and they it, it was in, about individual uh, freedom and individual liberty, which meant also individual responsibility. And the safety net was your family and your community and your church group. It was not about it was not about uh, your fellow taxpayers. But little by little, we've changed America and the American culture. We shouldn't have FEMA. Why should anybody in Iowa have to pay to rebuild somebody's home in the Outer Banks that was destroyed by a hurricane? Right? We have we have we have gone from we federalized everything in this country. Right. We federalized everything, and it's destroying us. Got to leave it there. Why do you use the word federalized? Why don't you just said socialized? Well, it's the same. Yeah, I guess we need to start using. Um, well, I mean, we federal. Well, federalizing right. something is no, not necessarily this. If your problems become everybody's problem, that's socialism. You're right. You're right. And you know, I said it even after Katrina. There was not a neighborhood down there where I didn't have family or friends in in the neighborhoods that were destroyed. And I said, my family that had insurance got to rebuild. The rest, it's it, you know, it's not, it's well, not and, and America's so problem. We used to need the Mississippi to flood because that created better farmland mm-hmm. when all of that. And now we allow people to build homes there, get flooded out and pay to put them back. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, Tom right. DeBacaro. Thank you for being here, man. Thank you for being here right. on tonight's marathon of the Andrea K Show. Okay, see you in Dutch Harbor. Bye. 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 <laughs> um, so your thoughts, Skins, because you were, it sounds like Tom Dell agrees with you. These care courts are unconstitutional. It shouldn't be happening. We need vagrancy laws. Get them off the streets that way. I mean, it, it, it's a slippery slope for sure. I mean, you, you want to take care of the problem, but again, can you infringe on people's constitutional rights? And I say, and Tom apparently agrees, no, you can't. However, um, the... Uh, you, what, what, but Tom is also saying you're not free to live on the streets and just behave in any way that you want. But you need to provide an area where people can, because if people do choose to be homeless, they have to have somewhere to go. Then, then we're defeating the purpose. If the idea is individual liberty and in, but individual responsibility, then and not have it be be paid for by your life being subsidized and supported and, and uh, managed by fellow taxpayers, then you know. Um, th- this is why we've let this problem get out of hand to where the solution, how do we get it back to being about individual responsibility? Well, the problem is definitely out of hand. Uh, that just happens to be wh- where I, where I stand. I don't think you could, cause y- okay. If somebody has the right to live on the street, but they have nowhere to go, then that's defeats the purpose of them being able to want to live on the streets. Well, we do have, I think, well, the, the, the bridging the gap involves faith-based organizations. Well, and that's where pe- people like Father Joe's, yeah. you know, they're such great organizations because it's not just forgetting about, you know, providing them some place to sleep but not taking care of the problem. They do a lot for the for the homeless population in San Diego. Well, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with... Somebody, you know, having a, a safety net in this country that provides assistance through faith-based charities that will help them get back on their feet. Um, there's a difference between programs that would provide, like we talked about when Deacon Vargas was on the show, talking about having areas where they can live, where they've got facilities they can use, but they're a part of a program that's going to help them get a job and help them become self-supporting uh, people. It, one of the things that we also have to do, which and some of this is tied to immigration, um, why are we and I've said this for years, these Democrats, they're, they're like these ones yammering and complaining up in Martha's Vineyard. These are the same. Dem- these are the same Democrats that, that think that San Diego should be welcoming in all of these illegals when it's cost three thousand dollars for a one bedroom. They cannot afford to live in San Diego. You are not assisting, helping anybody up coming up from Venezuela who doesn't speak English, who ha- has a sixth grade education, doesn't have a skill level or the ability to support themselves here in San Diego. How many illegals are living in encampments and canyons? A lot of our fires, by the way, that happened during fire season are started by homeless encampments in the canyons, not climate change. Just a, just a little FYI there. Um, what should we wrap about now? Should we talk about a feel-good story? Did you see the feel-good story of the Chick-fil-A worker who ran out and stopped a carjacking that was taking place against a, a woman and her baby? Do not talk Chick-fil-A unless you are bringing me something yummy to eat. I've got to distract myself because I got to. I got to. I got to make. I got to make it another half an hour before I can. I can go use the facilities. <laughs> <laughs> I drink way too much iced coffee. Kevin, if you're listening, uh, Chick-fil-A run would be good right now. <laughs> He's not listening. Um, 
So seriously, that was one of the problems that I've had with so much of the crime wave that's happening across the country is all the, it is how much the left has changed our society and how we don't have proper men out there anymore hand, stepping up when a crime has taken place, right? Sitting back and watching women being assaulted on subways, etc. This young dude looks like he's about 20 years old. This was in Fort Walton Beach, which I don't remember Chick-fil-A in Fort Walton Beach. That That's where I used to always go for my Whataburger. You ever been to a Whataburger? Uh, no, I have not. That's my fast food of choice in Fort Walton Beach. That's the Redneck Riviera, the Emerald uh, Isle down there. The water is absolutely amazing. Um, used to spend a lot of time in Fort Walton Beach in Destin. So that's it, the panhandle of Florida, which is Matt Gates's district, by the way. So I guess he sees somehow some carjacking taking place and he goes and chases the guy down and wrestles him to the ground and holds him and got punched in the face in the process. We need more men like that. I mean, if, that's the way it used to be. Right. We used to have men in this country. You know, there was a joke last night. Somebody made a joke that no wonder this uh, Paula the Penis is going to elementary classes because if Paula the Penis showed up at, at middle school, you know, it wouldn't go very well. No, I disagree agree with that joke because we don't have young men we have confused young men now and by the way if you're listening to us and you're like are you calling somebody a name no this is actually what this person calls themselves it's a woman by the way it's a woman it's a woman who dons a penis costume to go into schools in order to groom children talking about sex and sexuality and pushing transgenderism and 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 the language that's used it's classic grooming and let me tell you a classic grooming part of grooming is taking away i mentioned this last night is stripping children of their of their natural modesty um, that you don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to feel this way. Um, you know, it's, it's good that I'm, you know, and something else occurred to me. Can you tell me what the difference is between a man opening up a trench coat and flashing himself to children or, or a woman in a penis costume? Can you tell me what the difference is? Not really. I've known, I've known. And when I was growing up, I knew girls in high school that had never seen a man's genitalia i think kids are going to be mortified by both it's yeah it's um it's you know it's for the reason why growing up we didn't let children look at at at, um hustler magazine or you know it's this is this is child abuse it's sexualizing of children it's grooming them for sex with adults you're robbing them of their natural innocence which has no business going away until a certain age anyway right exactly which is abusive, and it's how groomers operate on children. Nobody called in, though, to talk about this Seville dude that was tied to the queen. I'm just going to say it. Uh, Troy, if you're listening. Uh, we, where's our, where's our, where's our. Um, where's the AK team? I know. Troy hasn't called in tonight. Francisca. Francisca. A disaffected Mike. Disaffected Mike listens in his car. He does. We know uh, that, that, that's very true. Yeah. I've actually gotten a text message from somebody like, okay, where are you tonight? I'm trying to listen to my car. We had a couple of people call in. Did they replace you with regular sports? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, listener called in. Andrea, help me. I have not heard that the FBI has a warrant to grab these phones. Under what article and section in the Constitution does it give the government the authority to take property just because they want it? In a republic, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. In a democracy, the law can be anything the majority says it can be. This is thoroughly discussed in my new book, Re- Republic or Democracy Doesn't Matter, Don Jansk. 
Thank you for emailing me. Good use of email and also to plug your book. We love Don Jans. He's brilliant. Uh, the warrant that was used, I didn't ask Dr. Frank what the warrant was for him. It was probably the same that was presented to Mike Lindell, which was because they are, are a team in this effort. And it, w- it had to do with an investigation of identity theft, as well as an investigation of an attempt to damage a protected computer system. So this had to do with Dominion. So that's the ruse that they pretended um, that they had. So they did have a warrant, Don Jans. They did have a warrant. But there was also a warrant for Mar-a-Lago. It just hasn't been, it hasn't been unredacted. There were just like there was, there were warrants presented to the FISA courts um, that were fraudulent. So just because there's a warrant doesn't mean in the United States of America today that the Constitution is being followed. It doesn't mean that the Fourth Amendment is being followed in this country, that there's probable cause, right? Um, you know, you look at the January 6th defendants that have been charged um, with this this obscure law that where no American has ever been charged with before. I'm going to have to Google it. I meant to do that before. I mean, um, that's scary in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and when you've got the Department of Justice, you know, how much does it, trampling the Constitution, uh, you know... Um, Part of the problem that we've got is that so many of those running our government are lawyers. That wasn't the case when our country started. Uh, most of our Congress people were farmers. They had small businesses. They didn't live in D.C. Normal citizens wanting to make a difference. Right. When you've got a government being run by lawyers who know how they can manipulate the law and skirt the law and trample the law, yet make it seem like they're being they're they're following the law, you got a problem. How can the FBI be held accountable when they're holding the evidence and can with and and when they're in they're in charge of custodians of the evidence that they can manipulate or withhold and obstruct justice anytime that they want. Look at what they did with a Hunter Biden laptop. This is why we got to get got to get rid of the FBI entirely. We did not. And we had somebody from the FBI that no longer works for them, but they held a position with the FBI on to the show tonight and they agree. Yeah. I mean, we need to get rid of it. Our country was able to handle interstate crimes before the FBI came about and we can go back to doing it. Um, in fact, we've got so much technology now that it's absolutely unnecessary. But 9-11 happened when we had the FBI, when we had 17 intelligence agencies, because none of them were talking and communicating. So what did that get us? In fact, the FBI, when was the last time they solved a crime? In fact, all these mass shooters have all been known by the FBI. Here's some updated information, though, for you guys involving the Department of Justice. The Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice is targeting now what it calls, quote, non-criminal acts of bias. Why would the Department of Justice be investigating non-crimes? Seems like an oxymoron. The the, uh, the non-criminal acts of bias are being uh, perpetrated in communities and in private settings, according to remarks made Monday, this past Monday, by Kristen Clark, who's the head of the division. Clark told the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of West Virginia Civil Rights Symposium the following. Prosecutions alone will not rid us of hate crimes. That is why the, Depar- the Justice Department is also hard at work addressing non-criminal acts of bias that rear their ugly head inside our schools, workplaces, and in our neighborhoods. If I'm not committing a crime, then my bias is none of your business. If I have a bias towards, if I'm, if I'm single and I've got a bias towards dating Latino men. That's your business. That's my business. If I've got a bias that I'm only going to date men that are six feet tall 
I ain't interested in shorter dudes. That's my that's my my right. If there's men out there that say, you know what, I don't care that you've had some, you've had your beanstalk, you know, uh, whacked off, and you call yourself Sally now instead of Stephen, and I don't want to date you. They've got the right to do that because that's what's coming with this part of this transgender movement. They're going to start making it a hate crime for men to not want to date transgender women, i.e. biological males. My bias is my business. I have the right to have bias in this country. Any bias you want. Yeah. It may make me in some people's mind to have bias. It may because everybody's got bias. You can't make me eat sushi, man. You can't, it doesn't make me anti-Asian or whatever. What is that? Japanese food? Where does Japanese, sushi come from? Japanese food. That's Japanese food. It doesn't make me anti-Japanese people if, if I can't stand sushi. Most people, there is a certain taste that they have for food, and there's also a certain taste that they absolutely hate because everybody's taste buds are a little bit different. It doesn't make them uh, a hate hater of a certain culture. It means that their body, their taste buds don't like that particular food. That's or, bias. Right. Or maybe you have a style of music. That, I love R&B. I love soul music. You know, I love I love a smooth groove. I, I you know, I'm not a fan of, you know, I, there's some country music that I like, some crossover kind of country music. I actually saw Shania Twain in concert, thought she was fantastic. But in general, twang, C&W ain't my thing, right? It doesn't mean that I hate you know, see, you know, it, but you it, do love Johnny Cash. <gasps> yes, I do love Johnny Cash. So everybody has bias. Everybody has bias. And we have the right to have that bias. It's an American right. And you look at the bias that's going on against this against this country, against white people. Right. That's that's bias. Why is that OK? Because it fits the narrative. But you know what? If you've got if you if you don't if you're somebody in this country and you don't particularly like white people, you know, what? you're allowed to not like white people. Right. You're allowed to not like if if you're a man and you don't like women, you're allowed to not like women. I know a whole lot of men out there of all different ages, of all different stripes that are misogynistic and can't stand women. They wouldn't they wouldn't admit it. They wouldn't admit that they can't stand women. But it's true because everybody has bias. Every human being does. It's called likes and dislikes. Right. You're allowed. Well, think about it when you're on Facebook, when you go there and you're scrolling through your news feed and there's things that you end up, you click the like button uh, and there's things that you scroll past and you do nothing about it. That's bias. I'm cake, man. I'm cake, not pie. And see, I'm pie, not cake. I'm solid in the canine fur baby category. Oh, you and me both. You know, I, you know, sorry. I'm just not. I can talk my fiance, love her to death. She's got two probably as much lovable of a feline environment as I'm willing to subject myself to. And they're actually pretty non cat cats. So I love them, but I'm not a cat guy. Yeah. So what's, what this is all about is, and this is one reason why I've said the Republican party needed to push back against hate crimes legislation, because that was the precursor for hate speech legislation to criminalize thought, to criminalize opinion, to criminalize your likes and dislikes. And that's what's going on right now with the department of justice. Why would the Department of Justice be investigating non-criminal bias? Because they plan to criminalize bias. We saw this take place when there was the terrorist attack in San Bernardino, when Loretta Lynch came out and said this this was when the terrorist who came here, the fiancé, remember the fiancé visa, she came here on the fiancé visa, even though her social media was just rife with uh, Islamic terrorist um, ideologies. And... Uh, 
sister jihad and her man who was here uh, I think they, if I remember right, they got the weapons that they used from a neighbor. And so it became this whole thing, see something, say something, right? But then Loretta Lynch, Loretta Lynch cautioned, before you say something, you better think about the community that you're ratting on because we will consider that a hate crime. Well, doesn't that chill somebody from, doesn't that, doesn't that enable Islamic terror when you're not allowed to say something because it involves a Muslim? Oh, and that's the narrative right now is they're trying to get this is what the whole Biden speech was, the whole dark satanic speech. If you don't believe what this administration believes, you keep quiet. You're not allowed to say anything. That's right. Period. And if you do say something, you're going to be snitched on. You think about this Lisa Gallagher woman, some snitch has the FBI show up at her door. Let me remind you, you're not obligated. There was a warrant for the phones of Dr. Frank and Lindell, but there was no warrant for that woman. She had no obligation to have a conversation with the FBI. They want to prey upon the, just like the gun control legislation they're pushing, they, they're, they're wanting to prey upon the fact that conservatives in general, we are the nice guys. We want to follow the rules. We want to honor the laws. We respect institutions. We respect law enforcement. If they come up, we're going to talk. Don't. Don't. I wouldn't talk to a cop who pulled me over on the side of the road. Let your lawyer do the talking. If the FBI shows up at your door, you ask for their card and you tell them that you are going to speak to your attorney and, you know, they they can, you know, contact you at a later date and and it, through your attorney. You take their card and tell them I will have my attorney contact you. That's what you do. I would not answer a question. Do not bring in them inside. Don't show. If, if you're pulled over by a cop, I would not show my phone to anybody. The contents of my phone, they must have a warrant. Don't answer any questions. I don't. And if they have a warrant, you need to be able to see it. Got to be able to see the warrant and get a copy of it and get a copy of it and call your attorney. Um, So what I think is makes sense if you're somebody that's politically active at all is I think that you should have you should have, you know, an idea. I mean, people can't afford to have an, uh, an attorney on retainer, but I would have I would have an idea of who I would call. Yeah, you should know in a moment's notice, this is the person that I can trust and I'm going to have handle this situation. Yeah, there's enough attorneys um, within conservative circles that you can identify that you could that you can call um, to to defend you. So there's there's plenty enough. I don't talk about them very, very often, but Public Square is a new app that was started in San Diego County by conservatives. And they might have it's public SQ. They might have because um, what they are about is connecting people to uh, conservative run businesses. It's strictly like a business. Well, they, they have some groups and stuff to where they talk politics, but it's mainly about connecting you to business people. I would think that because attorneys are business people, believe it or not, uh, it's a business. A law practice is a business. And I, I would check out Public Square and maybe see if they've got um, if they've got a, a, a conservative defense attorneys there that you, that you can call. I'd, I, I would have that ready to go. Somebody somebody at least in mind. All right, we got we got somebody. Do we have a criminal defense attorney on the line who wants to offer? Uh, we have the one, the only Don Jans on the phone. <gasps> oh, my buddy Don Jans calling in. Hello, my dear. What an interesting conversation you were just having, Andrea. Yes, <laughs> this, this idea, this idea about everybody having to say the same thing, believe the same same thing. That's communism, right to the very core of it. Yes. 
Yeah. Remember what remember what Karl Marx his big claim to fame was that we're going to have a classless society. Mm-hmm. And what is a classless society? Well, they've defined it. A classless society is where everybody conforms to the same um, ideology, the very, very same thoughts. You can't be different. You all have to wear the same green, uh, green little hat. You all have to wear the same little tennis shoes. You all have to act the same. You all have to be the same. That's communism. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And there's no other explanation for why the Department of Justice is now going to be investigating, quote, non-criminal bias on Jans than for them to be planning to criminalize thought and opinion and bias. Because what is bias? It's a personal opinion. It's a personal preference. And everybody and, and I'm, you know, um, this and, and too many conservatives, um, we're here because for so long, Republicans hated being accused of bias. It was the you know, if you, it, they didn't want to speak up because uh, if they said they wanted to enforce immigration laws, they were accused of hating brown people, right? If they didn't want, right. if they wanted, didn't want to go along with all these entitlement reforms and pay people to stay at home, then you hated poor people, right? And so pe- Republicans backed off of it. Um, you know, it's uh, bias is not wrong. Everybody has bias. They want to not be honest and they want to prey upon Republicans and conservatives to buy into this notion um, that you can achieve perfection. And that's what communism is about. It's about well, what yeah. they promise is they promise it's the false promise of utopia, a society where everybody's living communally as the collective and everybody loves everybody and everybody's living off the land equally. And it's so wonderful. And everybody's rich when all it is uh, ultimately, as we've seen, that's happened throughout the centuries, which is why 100 to 200 million people are dead, is because they don't deliver on the promise, and they've got to kill off anybody who who questions it, right? That's correct. Absolutely, and that's what they do. That's exactly what they do. We have people sitting in solitary confinement today, never having been charged with any crime, simply because they have a separate opinion. And a separate opinion founded on some pretty substantial fact. In fact, I would say those those who deny that the election was stolen are the true election deniers. So we can't have opinion anymore. And this is exactly what communism is. Now, how do you get to communism? You get to communism, as Vladimir Lenin said, through democracy. Yeah. Democracy is essential to socialism and socialism is the gateway to communism. And that's why and that's why they're constantly using the word democracy. You know, Joe Biden mentioned that word democracy over and over and over again. And that's why I cringe every time I hear some Republican talk about our democracy when we are a constitutional republic. And there's a difference. And the difference is very, very, very essential. And the difference is that. Well, there's several of them, but a couple of key ones. The first one is, is that a republic is based on law. In a democracy, the law is based on the whims of men. Mm-hmm. So the law, can, the law can be anything you want it to be. And they say, well, the majority rules. Well, now we have to define what is the majority. The other thing is, is liberty. In a republic, We've we uh, in our constitutional republic, we have stated what our liberties are and they cannot be abridged. They cannot be infringed upon. That Mm -hmm. means not abridged and not infringed. It's pretty direct. There's no there's no uh, leeway in that. Right. It's pretty dang clear. (laughs) Yes. And in a democracy, Lenin said it very, very clearly. Lenin said that the uh, liberty is so precious 
It has to be rationed. And that's where we are today. We're rationing Mm -hmm. our liberties. And the majority is determining who gets which liberty and can and some mm-hmm. people can't have any liberty. You and I can't have any liberty. Right. We're not allowed it. We're not allowed it. We're not no. even allowed to question the outcome of an election. Of course, there, uh, which um, is what the left does, you know, constantly there, although they're now denying their election denial. Um, but, you know, we <sighs> how do we fix this, Don Jans? What's our plan? Well, we fix it, first of all, by understanding what, what these differences are. Okay. But when we hear this concept of democracy, we have to start telling people, no, that's wrong. You understand what a democracy is. Mm-hmm. We have to start setting brush fires of freedom. What we know is that every single communist nation that has been defeated has been defeated from the grassroots. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's and a good point. That's, that's, why they, that's why they're trying to stop MAGA. That's correct. Absolutely. And that's why and that's why your, your your McConnells and your McCarthy's are also going against those people that that say, no, we want to be a constitutional republic, because, quite frankly, McConnell and McCarthy like like this idea of democracy because they can also get in on making their own laws and getting their own wealth. Yes. Oh, yeah, they're in on it. They're in on the centralization. And you saw that if you didn't understand it, you should have seen it when when we had under Trump's uh, first year, when we had both houses of Congress and the White House. And uh, suddenly they didn't want to repeal and replace and get rid of Obamacare, which was nothing but an income redistribution socialist scheme. They didn't want to mm-hmm. seal the seal the border and basically didn't want to do anything that was promised to MAGA. Right. So you ask, how do we how do we change this? First of all, we have to understand it. Remember, remember, if we go back to the revolution, and you know I love history. Well, we've only got about three minutes left on Jans. Okay, we go back to the revolution, and when we look in uh, the beginning of 1776, the vast majority of of, uh, the majority did not want a revolution. And this is what was holding up the con- constitutional convention or the, not the um, a congress or the c- a convention from even coming up with a declaration of independence. They had to have the, the a lot of the people on their side. Thomas Paine wrote common sense. Mm-hmm. And that that spread up and down the Atlantic seaboard. And people started to look and say, do we want tyranny or do we want freedom and they started to understand what tyranny was they started to understand what freedom was and they said we want freedom and that allowed the declaration of independence to be written and adopted they set brush fires of freedom they knew what they wanted they they knew how to talk about it and they could discuss it with their family with their friends with their acquaintances and they did and we've got to be willing to do that one of the things they're trying to do with all of this is they're trying to chill our speech they're trying to stop us from discussing it with people they know that one of the main ways in which we do that is via social media and we've got to continue to uh, to speak. We've got to continue to set those brush fires of freedom and educate people. Um, I'm glad you called in. Tell everybody, uh, is your new book out? Tell everybody uh, about it and where they can get it. My new book will be going into print very shortly. I should have it by the 1st of October. And you can go, it'll, it will be on Amazon probably in about 30 days. And it, you can always go to my website, mygrandchildrensamerica at gmail.com. Uh, best way to get to me is just to search um, Don Jans or mygrandchildrensamerica.com. 
get brush fires of freedom. It's critical. Get road to uh, uh, get road to tyranny. You will understand far better this whole collectivist movement. Mm-hmm. Yes. Collectivism is evil. Yes, it is absolutely evil. And um, got to leave it there. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, Skins, we, we made it. We've, we're, we're coming to the end. Two minutes left of our three-hour marathon show. Are you awake over there, my dear? Uh, well, it's a good thing I'm, I'm out of coffee, so any minute now, <laughs> I'm going to be kind of starting to get a little sleepy. <laughs> uh, we will resume regular uh, broadcast tomorrow night, Friday night. Well, a lot night. of people thought we were being taken over by a sports station. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> um, we will be Friday, uh, Friday night lights like a regular Friday night. We'll have uh, Bob Walters will be here like usual. We have Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Um, so we'll be we'll be back doing our regular thing tomorrow any, night from 6 to 8 p.m. Yep. And since we got about a minute and a half right now, any uh, perpetual Hero of the Week you want to throw out here at the end of the show? DeSantis, man. DeSantis for that move. Um, I'd, I, I would like to think tomorrow that in addition to sending 50 uh, illegal immigrants to uh, Martha's Vineyard, that maybe maybe he might send some to Nantucket tomorrow. You know, to or you know, or where else? Where else? Okay, so Nantucket. What are some other like far lefty places? I mean, just oh, you know, Mont. Well, I was going to say straight up New York City. Uh, how about Oprah's property at Monticello or Montecito? Where does she live? Monticello is that what it is? I think that's what it's called. And yeah, it, and it's huge. Yeah, it is huge. Another hero of the week, one of my favorite people that just keeps bringing it weekly now is good old Congressman Kennedy. Yeah, he's sound. That that clip on the Star Spangled Stupid was that's one of my favorites. (laughs) I want five minutes with Mr. Kennedy. You know what? You know, we need to reach out to him. We've not bothered to try to invite him on. How have we not invited on Kennedy? I think we just need to do this. I think we need to reach out to Kennedy to get him on. We know that Monday we've got Congressman Biggs is going to be back with us. Finally. Um, I think um, I think a runner up for Hero of the Week so far is also going to be Daniel Greenfield. He's the only one who's reported on the situation. Enjoy- I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, he's yeah. the only one that's reported on how the Biden administration is 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 stealing from fam- families and victims of nine eleven to give the money to the Taliban. So that's crazy. I do want to say thank you to the recent listeners who showed some love and supported the show by hitting my donate button on andreakshow.com. Thanks appreciate to them, that. Yeah. yeah, appreciate that. Thank you so much. We're not government funded here at, at the Andrea K Show. We do have sponsors, but we can always use any love and support y'all give. Uh, andreakshow.com. We hey, made it! Yeah, we made it! We'll see y'all tomorrow night. Love you all. Thanks to the listeners, callers, and our guest. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com